So as we continue our service, you may have realized we're taking a slightly different approach to things today. Uh, there's been a lot of doom and gloom and a lot of negativity around the situation, and it is a hard situation. But we wanted to try and lift spirits a little bit and be a little bit more lighter, a little bit more fun, because not everybody is hating the situation. Not everybody is hating the quarantine, and there are some good things that come out of it. Uh, so I've got a top five people that are enjoying the coronavirus crisis. Number five would be introverts everywhere. I mean, you may think of a four-week lockdown, locked in your house and isolated from everyone else as a nightmare. But introverts are thinking, I mean, apart from the sickness and death, this might be the greatest thing that's ever happened. Number four would be the makers and distributors of flour and toilet paper. Because apparently, survival in the new world order is not so much about water or power, but about your ability to bake bread and wipe your butt. Number three would be Eric Wan. He is the founder of Zoom. In 2011, he started his telecommunication little industry there, and now has a personal stake of $2.9 billion in the company. So yeah, go get it, Eric. Number two would be Disney. Yeah, it seems a little bit coincidental that this quarantine that we're under coincides so nicely with the beginning of Disney Plus streaming service. I'm not so sure that they may not have started this whole thing. We're looking at you, Disney. Although, also, thank you very much for creating Disney Plus. Uh, it literally has saved all of our lives, so please don't take it away. <laughs> And number one, the person that most enjoying the coronavirus virus is the number 19 itself. COVID-19 has really put this number on the map. It used to be that 19 was really only known for those awkward people that aren't really teenagers anymore, but not really adults either. And now it really has something to hang its hat on. So well done, 19. Okay, we jest, we laugh, we have a good time with this, but... We also know that the situations like this, difficult situations, don't have to always be so horrible. There are good things that can come out of this, as we're going to learn in today's message. So if you haven't been part of what we've been doing in the last few weeks, we're part of the series uh, called The Story of God and Man. And it's the series that's taken us from the very beginning of history, creation, all the way through the Bible, and then on to today, to where we are right now. And we've been going through different stages of the story and episodes. This week, we're on episode three, Rise of a Nation. And in this episode, we, we pick up with our people, the, the people of God who are going to become called the Israelites. I'm just going to call them that. And they have been rescued from slavery in Egypt. And God has made them into their own nation. And they're ready to just step in to the promised land, the land of Israel. That's going to be all of the promises that that God had given his people through Abraham. This was going to be the fulfillment of all of that. They've been wandering around the desert for 40 years. They're excited. They're pumped. They're ready to become a nation in their own land. But before they go in, Moses gathers the nation together. Moses was the leader of the nation. And he gathers everybody together and he gives them this warning, this sort of plea to everybody for the way that they are supposed to act in this nation as they move in. And it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm going to read that to you now. Now listen, 
Today, I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. And there it is again, that choice. It's the same basic choice that God gave Adam and Eve back in the Garden of Eden, all the way back at the beginning. Will you trust God and follow his instructions, or will you trust yourself and follow your own way? That's the choice laid at the feet of the Israelites as they're about to enter the land. And it's the the choice that has been laid at our feet as humans ever since that time, even to today. Will you trust God and follow him or will you follow your own way? Now, the Israelites, they had just been rescued from slavery. They've been slaves for 400 years. They're about to get their own promised land. Everything was coming together for them. So they were like, Yeah, great. We'll do that. We'll totally listen to you. We love you, God. We're in. Let's do this thing. And so they enter the land. Because when we find ourselves being rescued from a situation, when we find ourselves being brought out of a difficult situation, you know, we're all on board with God, right? I mean, we love God in those moments. I mean, God is great. He is wonderful. Blessings floweth down from above. And we're all in on him. But what happens when things are going good? What happens when we're actually pretty comfortable, when life's actually pretty good? Are we following him then? Are we trusting in him in those situations? Well, the Israelites found out. See, after they entered the land, for the next 500 years, they enjoyed this time of prosperity. There were ups and downs and and backwards and forwards, but they steadily grew into one of the most powerful nations in the world at the time. And they were headlined by a couple of really powerful kings, King David and King Solomon. And during that time, they had wealth, they had strength, they had armies, they were untouchable. So how do you think their morality was? Do you think that they were choosing to trust God in everything that they do? Yeah, no, they didn't. They were constantly chasing after other gods. They were constantly ignoring God. They were so comfortable in their own power that they didn't trust Him at all. And so despite several warnings from prophets that God sent to the people, their morality continued to dip and dip and dip until finally, a thousand, less than a thousand years after they even entered the promised land, God takes it away. And he brings the Babylonian army in and he uses them to conquer the land and to drag them off into exile and into a land that is foreign to them, away from the temple where God's presence was. Are you seeing the pattern here? It's similar to the Garden of Eden. They had connection with God, but they chose to not trust God and follow his directions, but they chose to follow their own way. And so they lost their place in God's presence and he kicked them out. It all came down 
to that one stupid choice. Trust God and follow his ways or follow our own way. Now I call it stupid because it is a choice that I am constantly faced with. And despite thousands of years of examples of people not choosing to follow God and the consequences, I still approach this choice with the same arrogance and the same stupidity as these ancient people. I constantly find myself, instead of trusting God, especially when things are good, when things are okay, when I'm not having troubles, I don't trust God's way, I trust my own way. Of course, that's just me. You guys would never act that way. You guys are always trusting of God, right? Of course, none of us are like that. We all struggle with that. And it makes me wonder why God even bothers. You know, I mean, it's no wonder that God gave up on the Israelites, right? And he, and he hauled them out of the promised land. He says, nah, you didn't listen to me. You, you, I told you, I warned you that you were going to lose the land if you didn't obey me. You didn't obey me, so you're out. And I honestly, I don't know why he doesn't just do that with us. Maybe he should just give up on us because we just can't seem to learn our lesson. Man, that got dark quick, didn't it? I mean, isn't this supposed to be a story of hope? Aren't we supposed to be kind of moving out of the doom and gloom here a little bit? Well, of course we are. The story is a story of hope because here's the truth. God never gave up on the Israelites, even when he sent them into exile. And he never gives up on us. So what is the story of the exile? The story of the... Well, to be fair, there is a lot of layers to the story of the exile, and it's, I don't want to be too simplistic with it. But I think at its heart, the story of the exile is about discipline. Let me read this passage from the book of Proverbs to you. It says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. See, I don't think this is about punishing the Israelites. It's not about punishing us when we find ourselves in these situations. Or at least it's not about judgment. Maybe that's a better word. He's not just judging us for things that we have done wrong. He is disciplining us. Like a father disciplines a child. Like like. A parent who grounds a child so that they can learn the best way to live their life. It's not out of anger, but out of love. I think we can take this attitude in our own situations. When we find ourselves in difficult situations, like, I don't know, a quarantine, we don't have to take this as judgment, because I don't think this is judgment. In fact, I don't think God sent COVID-19 at all, but I think he is using this situation to show us, to teach us how we can trust God again. Because when things are good, when things are great, we often forget. We forget to trust Him. And when that choice is laid before us, do I trust God and follow His direction, or do I follow my own way? We have far too much trust in our own strength. It's interesting that even at the height of the powers of Israel, King David wrote the words, Some people may trust in horses and chariots, the strength 
of their army, but I will trust in the Lord. That is what God wants us to learn. And I think he can use these situations to help us learn that lesson, to learn to trust him, to make the right choice. So I don't think we have to hate COVID-19. We hate the virus and the damage it's doing to people's lives, but we don't have to hate the quarantine. We don't have to hate the difficulty in our own situations. We pray for deliverance from it, but we can also praise God for using this situation to grow us, to bring us together, to bring millions of his followers closer to him. That is the beauty of a powerful God who can use horrible situations to bring good into our lives, to bring us closer to him, to help us trust him. So let's lean into this. Don't let Eric Yuan and the makers of flour and Disney be the only ones who are enjoying this quarantine. Take some time to let God grow you. I want to leave you with uh, some words from James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing.